You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the new Brene Brown book, Dare to Lead. Now, you might notice that I'm standing in a little horse today. I've got a bit of a throat thing going on, so apologies for my extra dulcet tones. Before we dive into what I learned and three big ideas from the book, I want to tell you a little bit more about the author, in case you're not aware of Brene's work, and about the book. Dr. Brene Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston, where she holds the Huffington Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. She has spent the last two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and is the author of five number one New York Times bestsellers, The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, Braving the Wilderness, and her latest book, which we'll be talking about, Dare to Lead, which is the culmination of a seven-year study on courage and leadership. Brene's TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world, with over 35 million views. Brene lives in Houston, Texas, with her husband, Steve, and their children, Ellen and Charlie. And all of that information comes from Brene's website, which I'm going to be talking a little bit more about later because there's a huge amount of resources on there that I will be recommending that you take a look at. A little bit about the book. Dare to Lead is the fifth New York Times bestseller from Brene, and in the book, she digs into what it means to be human and how at work this fact is too often avoided. We regularly settle for comfort over courage and avoid the real conversations that make progress possible. She builds on her previous work on empathy versus sympathy, shame versus guilt, and vulnerability versus oversharing to bring them to life in a leadership and workplace context. Brene shares multiple examples of tough crowds that she's worked with, from those in military uniforms to those in corporate suits, and she's made the concepts real to them in their organisations. Because ultimately, we're all just people, people, people. What I found really powerful is some of those examples that she shares around the groups and individuals that she's worked with. And they're organizations and industries that you would typically expect would turn their nose up to the concepts of things like empathy and vulnerability. And they do. (laughs) She shares some great examples of where people have challenged her on some of those things and whether they're relevant and appropriate for work and, you know, colleague conversations and how she manages to convince them otherwise through asking them about their experience. There's a lot in the book around curiosity, which I'm going to talk about. So big idea number one that I took from the book, which is probably no surprise if you know anything about Brene's work, is around empathy and primarily around the idea that empathy connects us. I found it really interesting because over the last few years, there's been more and more focus on empathy. And growing up, I was always taught, you know, we should be more sympathetic to each other. So it's interesting to see how that has evolved away from sympathy and more towards empathy. In Brene's book, she talks a lot around empathy, connecting and healing people. And that a a really important part of empathy is curiosity. And curiosity is absolutely required to be empathetic, to truly be empathetic. It also requires some emotional awareness and knowing what emotions we have felt. One of the biggest aha moments for me in the book around empathy and empathy connecting people was the idea that you don't have to experience, don't have to have experienced the same exact scenario as someone to be able to still be empathetic with them. Everyone has experienced the range of emotions in life, whether you can name them and whether you're aware of it or not. You don't have to have actually been through the same scenario. We've all experienced grief, loss, embarrassment, shame, guilt, all of those things, and obviously some happy emotions too. So the important point is then opening a conversation with curiosity. And these are often conversations we will shy away from because we think, well, I haven't experienced that level of tragedy or loss that that person has been through, so I can't have that conversation with them. 
but we can use curiosity and we need to use curiosity to truly connect with people. She makes the point as well that empathy is the antidote to shame because if we are able to be empathetic with others, we will take away their shame. For me, the action I took from this and, and particularly around empathy connecting was the need for curiosity and the need for me to ask more. And it's okay to lean into this sucks. Sometimes my go-to is, oh, well, at least it's not this or it could have been worse because of that. And trying to fix things rather than actually embracing and, and leaning in and being okay to say, yeah, that is really crap. How are you feeling about that? Without projecting a fix or my own emotions onto that situation or what I would do if that was me. So that was big idea number one around empathy connecting. Big idea number two is around resilience. In the book, Brene talks about the need for values, that we need for awareness and the need for this concept of grounded confidence. I really loved the idea of grounded confidence because it is not being big-headed, it's not this weird concept in Australia around tall poppy syndrome, it's just knowing what you are capable of and being able to come back to that, reflect on it and move forward. It's around self-compassion, it's around knowing that you are enough. It's around taking away the judgment of yourself and asking yourself why things bring up certain fears. Because if you have that confidence to know how you feel in a situation and being able to name it, you can move forward. There's an interesting activity in the book around knowing your values and being able to then use those to overcome particularly challenging situations. It's that awareness of those values and also about knowing your trigger points and knowing what and why things bring up or certain situations bring up fear that you can be more aware and know how to react better in those situations. It will also help you with others because again, teamed with curiosity and teamed with empathy, which I've just talked about, you can then have better conversations and having that grounded confidence in yourself and that self-compassion to then engage in more challenging conversations. Big idea number three is around rumbling with vulnerability. A lot has been written about vulnerability and a lot has been misunderstood around vulnerability about this idea that it's oversharing and it's just gratuitous kind of sympathy seeking. That is not the case. And Brene is very clear about that in the book and gives some good good and bad examples of where that's been taken the wrong way and the right way. It's about embracing the suck, which I really liked as a, as a concept. And ultimately understanding that you cannot get to courage without going first through vulnerability. And that was a big revelation for a lot of people when they realized the relationship between courage and vulnerability. There's a powerful story in the book when she was talking to some military personnel. And again, as you may expect, there was a level of suspicion with her message that she was coming to, particularly around vulnerability. When she reframed that and asked them, well, when have you been courageous? As you can imagine, there was a huge amount of stories and examples that came out. And when she asked the next question around, well, what did you have to put on the line yourself to be able to achieve that level of courage? It brought it to life. And people realize that vulnerability isn't about oversharing. It's about putting yourself out there, putting yourself in, in some cases, harm's way, but that was a more extreme example, but putting yourself subject to potentially some criticism or opening yourself up in a way that allows you to be brave and to show courage. I want to talk to you about some of the things I really liked in the book and some of the concepts. And the first one in language warning here uh, was SFDs, shitty first drafts. This is the stories you tell yourself, and I really love this, this vocabulary. A lot of the time we tell ourselves and make up stories from half information, and we fill in the gaps with our fears and insecurities. 
I can see where this has happened in some of the teams that I've worked with, and particularly where individuals in the team maybe have lower trust with some other individuals in the team. So they make up these shitty first drafts about the other person, about their intentions, about what's in it for them, which may not be true at all. And often those gaps have filled because you've picked out bits of information. It's kind of like the ladder of inference, if anyone has seen or if you've used that model before. You've picked certain bits of data and you've chosen to use them. You've chosen those bits of data and you've filled in the gaps with your fears and insecurities. There's a little reflection exercise that Brene includes in the book, which I liked, which is to first of all think about what story am I making up? When you've climbed to the top of that ladder and you've made up a story and you're about to maybe share it with others or you're about to make a decision or take some action based on that story that you've told yourself, stop. Think about what the story is, write it down to disempower it. And when you've written it down, read it and think about, does this even make sense? Do I know this to be true? Which bits have I made up and what have I chosen from all the available data that has led me to create this story? I love the idea of making this a shared language in the team. And Brene talks about in her own organization, how they use the SFD or the shitty first draft or the story I'm making up all the time. They will share that with each other. They will say things like, the story I'm making up about this is blah, blah, blah. Can you help me fill in the gaps? Or can you help me understand where I've picked up the wrong information? So by having this as some quite shared safe language as a, as a team, they can disempower the, the fake stories and they can help each other to fill in the gaps and make better assumptions, decisions and actions. The other tool I loved was the feedback conversation structure. And as some of you might know, I do love a good feedback conversation and it really throws the shit sandwich in the bin because it moves so much further away from that. One of the concepts I love was you're not ready to have a feedback conversation until you're ready to sit next to the person, not across from them. It also allows by sitting next to the person, it allows you to put the issue in front of us or you and the other person rather than handing it across the table to them being like, this is your problem, this is your issue. The feedback conversation structure is actually available on Brene's website, which I'm going to put a link to in the show notes. If you have to have feedback conversations and you know that they're not as good as they could be, and of course she talks about all the, the important things like making sure they're timely, making sure that the, the environment is correct, etc. But this kind of script or checklist that she provides is incredibly powerful. And I really recommend you, you take a look at that and think about how you can level up your feedback conversations to include more courage, more empathy, and more curiosity. Final thing I want to share that I really loved was the empathy through curiosity and the regular example of the vulnerability and being more aware of those. The idea of permission slips. And this is something again that Brene uses in her organization and many others have done. So a bit like at school where you'd get a permission, a permission slip for certain things like a hall pass, thinking about giving yourself permission. And it might be, and you might even do this as a team, which again, she, she said, shares some examples of. And it might be the permission to speak my mind or to share a new idea in this meeting or the permission to feel like I am enough. Brene's website also includes the Dare to Lead Hub, which includes a few other tips, tricks, worksheets, reflection guides, etc., which you can use incredibly practical again for your next meeting conversation or leadership moment. I'd really recommend this book to anyone who leads and particularly if you find the idea of vulnerability makes you, your skin crawl a bit. And admittedly, I was one of those people a few years ago when I first heard of this because that was not my comfort zone and, and in, in, in some ways still isn't. But what I have learned through 
bit of self-reflection, bit of awareness, lots of conversations and just doing more reading on the topic was understanding what those micro elements of versatility are and what they mean and what they mean not just to you but to your team to those around you to your friends to your family because that's what really matters and that's what all of this is about throughout the book Brene talks about people are people all your team members are people they all have backstories and histories and thoughts and feelings and emotions and one of the things that we often forget in teams and in organizations is that is the case we call people resources we don't call people people or humans so i think remembering that and bearing some of the concepts here in mind as you go through life and particularly as you go through work and particularly if you're starting to lead teams will be a game changer if you read some of the reviews on amazon and other book websites you'll see that this has really change people's lives to think differently about people and particularly in a work context. So a quick summary. Big idea number 1 was that empathy connects. Big idea number 2 is resilience and resilience matters. Big idea number 3 is rumbling with vulnerability. Visit stephsbusinessbookshelf.com which is where you can find the show notes, affiliate links by the book and the other resources and useful links that I've mentioned throughout the show. Happy reading. Speak to you next time.